listening to The Journey Podcast. The Journey is a college and young adult ministry of Southcrest Baptist Church. We hope this podcast helps you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus. Amen. Y'all can be seated. Hey, just want to say, talk with several of you guys. Um, man, I know the point that we're in in the semester. I, I know we're in survival mode, <laughs> and that's why I'm all the more glad uh, that you're here uh, tonight when you um, probably could be, uh, maybe you could say even need to be, uh, doing some other things. But I'm glad that you're here uh, because we, we love you and we love together with you on Tuesday nights and Sunday mornings. And I wanted to tell you, hang in there. You're almost there. There's a few weeks away. You can do it. And so um, again, really good to see you guys. Um, TJ, just real quick, am I sounding weird to you guys or am I good? I may be good. I thought I clicked the button earlier that I wasn't supposed to, so I was just gonna check with you before we go much farther. We good? All right, awesome. Um, I did, I was putting this on, I clicked the button and I was like, we'll just see what happens. Um, so how many of you have been to Washington, D.C.? Yeah, quite a bit. Good experience, enjoyed it? Yeah, fun. Was it like an eighth grade trip? That was my, it was like an eighth grade D.C. trip. Like, um, and it was like, if you had this reputation, if you went like, oh, you're a DC or I see, I see. And so anyway, I, I've, I've been to DC uh, once when I was in eighth grade and once back in 2016, is that right, Caitlin? 2016. Um, and I, I, of course, I, I love being our nation's capital, kind of a cool place, lots of history. Um, and one of the things that I like going to, I don't know, you've probably heard of like various Smithsonian museums, but one of the really cool ones that I like um, is the Smithsonian Museum of American History. Um, and so what you kind of get to do as you walk through those doors, it's like all of a sudden, like someone got you a time machine and you just get to like dial it back wherever you want, like the beginning of American history before even established colonies, whatever it may be, like you just get to walk in and see really the, the history of our nation. And even like you get to um, see sections of like specific American inventions that have kind of come about over the years. One of my like favorite things was that there was just this model of what a house looked like in like 1600s-ish era. And you kind of, you walk in and you see uh, this old style table, um, like not, not like a KitchenAid, right? Those weren't around yet. Uh, that would have been, been a, a, a tell like, okay, this isn't, this isn't authentic. But um, you see like how everything's set up with the cabinets and there's just like a piece of bread on the table. You're like, all right, I can, I can roll with this. I can eat some bread. Um, but that was, that was like a firsthand look, like you just went back in time. You get to see how it really was for them. Them, to the best of our knowledge. And then you kind of zoom over and you can see like there's like a section of like the automobile in America and that's and how it kind of progressed over time. You get to see like a Ford Model T, a model of one and like, oh, that, that's cool. And then you zoom forward to today and you're like, man, I, I jumped in my pickup earlier today. I'm like, man, times have changed. But what I got to see as I went there is again, another kind of picture, like going back in time as if I was really there seeing the real thing. I think finally what's cool is like uh, in the DC area, like there's a, there's a place that where um, I, I guess the, where Abraham Lincoln went, like kind of on, on the deathbed site. And like, this sounds kind of more, but it's kind of cool. You're like, man, history happened here. Like we're standing on these grounds and it's like, we really went back in time to see this happen. Like this is, this is amazing. Um, why did I tell you that? Where am I going? Um, 
we, we're in our third week um, of our Follow Me series. And, and we've really covered the topics of what does it actually mean to follow Jesus? Second week, why should we follow Jesus? Um, and tonight, a question that I'm asking is, okay, so here, here is Jesus followers. We've got this covered. If you haven't heard those sermons, you can listen to our podcast. You're kind of caught up. Um, we know what it means. We know why. And so what, what, what were they doing? Like, what, what did that look like? We can read about it. Like, okay, but what, how did that sort of flesh out into like everyday life? What, what, did, the, what did that look like in a church setting? Whenever Jesus' followers got together, they're serious about following him. What did, what did church look like? What does a Jesus-following church look like? That's a question that's been on my mind the past couple weeks. And I know this is crazy. Y'all hang in there with me. No one freak out. No one run out of the building. But we actually are going to get in a time machine and go back in time to see this for ourselves. If y'all check under your seat, there's a seat belt. You put it on, just strap on. Hey, there we go. I love it, brother. Yeah, someone did it. Yeah, you're good. You're like, wait, he didn't know? Um, there's a special hat I need you to wear, okay? And as you're, you got your seat belt on and your hat on, I want you guys to turn to the, in the book of the Bible, Acts chapter two, okay? Everyone got their seat belt on? I'm not gonna do one of those like, cheesy airplane videos like to tell you what to do. Um, Acts chapter two, for those of you that haven't figured it out yet, I'm not gonna judge you, not gonna ask you to raise your hand, but there, we don't have a real time machine, just thought I'd believe you. Um, <laughs> yeah, lot, man, you're so disappointed, I'm sorry about that. You had the seatbelt on and everything, bro, I'm sorry, you can take it off. Um, so, Acts chapter two, in a metaphorical sense, very much is like getting in a time machine, going back in time and getting this question answered. What does a group of Jesus followers who do church together, what does that look like? What, what do they prioritize? What, should we, what can we expect um, the church to look like? And it's like we're, we've zoomed back 2,000 years or so. We're just gonna sit and, and watch and observe. And so I want y'all to get in that setting. As we're reading this, we're not in the venue with lights and things like that. Like literally light bulbs weren't even a thing, not even close then, okay? <laughs> and so I want you to picture settings of like house churches and, and meeting in, in homes and like picture like ancient kind of like Middle Eastern type dress setting, those type. I mean, we're, we're going back to the early church and we're like, what were they doing? Y'all ready? Cool. Verse 42 in Acts 2. It says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and prayers. And all came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. 
And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Okay, just quick hand raise again if you think there's kind of a lot going on here, like lots of stuff that they're doing. All right, kind of counting on some more hands. All right, um, Please raise your hand, at least in your mind, because there's a lot of stuff going on here. The church, is, they're, they're doing some really good things. All right, as you, you kind of review this, starting in verse 42, all the way to verse 49, I mean, you see teaching is happening, fellowship is happening, um, breaking of bread and the prayers. We can, we can talk about what that means in a second. Um, like wonders and miracles were being done. Um, believers were sharing possessions to those who had need. And we'll get into that a little bit too. Um, day by day, it seems like they actually loved each other. They want to be around each other more than once a week. Like that, that's cool. Um, and, and then they're, they're praising God. You see that in verse 47, having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day. So they're worshiping God. They're praising him. And we can assume since the Lord is adding to their number, the church is growing, that someone in that group is sharing the gospel because otherwise people don't know what's going on. They just kind of see this weird kind of Christian movement. Maybe they think it's a cult or whatever. Like someone's telling them, hey, this is what we're about. This is what's happening. So again, I ask the question, by a raise of hand, lots of good stuff going on? Yeah, from what you know, if you grew up in church, you've been exposed to Christianity even for a little bit, this is good stuff. So what does a Jesus-following church look like? I think it's very clear in here, but I debated on like, should I just come right out of the gate and show you this in the beginning or wait till the end? And I've chosen the beginning. One word that I don't want you to miss. And I don't want you to leave because you're like, well, that's his point. One word I don't want you to miss. And they, what? Starts with a D, ends with devoted. <laughs> right? <laughs> they devoted themselves. Fill in the blank. All those good things that we saw. And so what does a Jesus-following church look like? A Jesus-following church looks like Jesus followers who are devoted to the things of the church. Okay, and then you're like, okay, Cole, I'm tracking with you. But we, we can't miss that word, devoted. Again, it doesn't say believers who were uh, apathetic, believers who were kind of like on the fence, believers who were kind of like, eh, okay. Like it says, and the, the setting, the context of this, they were devoted. You should think about the things that you care most about, okay, not Jesus, you cancer, it should be Jesus, yeah, I know, but like the things that you care most about, that you spend the most time, what you think about the most, that is what you are devoted to. And scripture is telling us that the first Christians to ever walk the earth, the ones that would have understood most the heart of Jesus for the church, the ones that didn't have any, the least opportunity exposure to screw things up and mess it up and turn the church into something that's not, they were Devoted. You tracking with me? Yeah? Amen? You good? Amen. Okay, good. Just making sure you're with me. So, you want a good question, asker? Ask. Okay, Cole. 
If that's true, what does that look like? What does devotion, not just attendance, not just affiliation or association, what does devotion look like? Who asked that question? I'm so glad you asked that question. Thank you so much. Let's answer it together. And they devoted themselves to what? What does it say? Apostles' teaching. So I want you to think about the apostles were first called disciples, right? Jesus chose his disciples. They be, and via their, their title designation called apostles, I, like I'm not an apostle, won't, won't claim that. I'm, I'm not <laughs> just a mere man, just, just pastor. <laughs> These are guys that they not only knew about Jesus, they like shared meals with Jesus Christ like shared meals with him. Dip, I know it's the Baptist church, but like dip the bread into the same wine. You tracking? Like, I know, don't tell on me I said that, but that's what we're talking about, all right? Like they knew his stories firsthand, all of his parables. They saw him live and, and eat. They like, they heard like Jesus's jokes. Like they knew him, you know what I mean? Like Jesus was a real person. Like they knew him Intimately, they knew firsthand all of the things he chose to reveal was first given to the apostles. Isn't that crazy to think about? And then the apostles were like, <laughs> y'all don't get to hear about that. So you're gonna lock it away. And then they told others what Jesus taught. Can, can you see, just backtracking, Guys who knew Jesus firsthand, they show up next week to Tuesday. Like they're like, hey, we got them. They're here. It's not gonna happen. Just saying, they're here. Guys who saw Jesus, they heard his exact teaching words. We don't have to read it in English. Like they, they know we don't have to like, well, the original Greek, blah, 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 blah. No, they were here. They can tell you. Would y'all show up next week? Please raise your hands. All right, thank you. You should be here. They're gonna be here. And that's why they were devoted. This wasn't, this wasn't like a, a Matt Chandler or Beth Moore devotional here that we're talking about. Love, great, great stuff happening there. This was the very teachings of Jesus. They're just repeating them. The first people to teach the words that Jesus taught. That's amazing. And so they were devoted to it. And you know what we get to do today? The apostles teaching. You know, the New Testament is filled with writings of apostles. That's who the people who knew Jesus firsthand, who saw him. That's why there's extra scriptures and other denominations or, or whatever. That they, they don't make the cut because they weren't written by the guys that actually rubbed shoulders with, with Jesus and actually knew him. You're like, what about the apostle Paul? Yeah, look at the road to Damascus. Like Jesus like came and appeared. He blinded him, scared the snot out of him. You know what I mean? And like gave him a message, gave him proclamation, gave him revelation of, of what the gospel was and all these things. It's like, yeah, homeboy wrote a good chunk of the New Testament. And so even today, that's the type of teaching that we are talking about, that we as the church can be devoted to. Let's move on. And the fellowship. Man, I, I want to, again, the setting. Think about how weird it would be if you were the only Christian in this room, that would be weird because we're like gathering to talk about Jesus. But 
Pretend this is, we're here for an entirely different reason. You're the only Christian in the room. You're a minority. You, you stick out. This is what was happening with the early church. That's, that's all, in a real sense, if they chose to follow Jesus, their community of other believers, that was all that they had. <laughs> that was all that they had. Every, everyone else was basically seeing them as a, like an outcast or maybe like you've lost your mind or you're just kind of like a rebellious Jew who's gonna figure out circumcision is actually uh, required for salvation, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, like what's going on here? And this, their community of Jesus followers was all that they had. So of course they were devoted to that fellowship. They wanted to spend time together. They wanted to be encouraged with one another. It wasn't like a, a party or whatever that they went to weekly. It was, it was their community. It was their brothers and sisters. And many of them, their own flesh and blood brothers and sisters probably disowned them. So who they had in Christ as brothers and sisters were closer to them than even their own blood. And they were devoted to one another. And you know something? They didn't go to these gatherings to get something out of them. Like, I'm just here to get community out of it. No, they also contributed. They built community because they realized how sacred this is. These are our brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm gonna devote myself to this. Y'all tracking with me thus far? I'm gonna take that as a yes. Apostles teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread and, and prayers. If y'all look at verse, the wind keeps blowing my pages, it's funny. Um, and day by day, verse 46, day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. Okay, so what is this breaking bread thing? For some reason, it's a debate. I'm like, guys, can we just chill out and not make everything a debate? <laughs> I think what's happening here is that we see breaking of bread in scripture is a reference to communion or the Lord's Supper, where Jesus said, hey, the bread is my body. Eat it in remembrance of me. The, the, the blood is, is like the, the wine is my blood. Drink it in remembrance of me. When you gather, do this in remembrance of me. So I think it can be easily a reference to that. It can also just mean sharing a meal together. Y'all ever say, hey man, let's go, go break bread together. I don't know if you've ever had someone say that, but if I ever say it to you, now you know what I mean. I'm not like literally like, hey, let's go grab a hammer and break some bread. And I'm not, I wanna share a meal with you. Like, let's go get lunch. That's what they're talking about. And, and, and so, again, the apostles were there. The, disciples, the original disciples of Jesus were there when he instituted the Lord's Supper. And he said, do this. And so they taught them. So it meant something to them. And y'all are kind of like, I've been here for a year and we haven't done it at Southcrest. We missed a few times. We do it about four times a year. There's debates on whether if we should do it more. But when you do it together, what you're saying is like, I wanna remember what Jesus did for me. <laughs> this, this bread, it's not the magic about it. Like we bought it from Lifeway probably. You know what I'm saying? Like it's probably just like communion bread from Lifeway. But what it symbolizes is the, the body of Jesus broken for us on the cross. And when we drink that grape juice, because we're good Baptists, all right? We drink that grape juice. It symbolizes the blood that he shed on the cross for us when he died for our sins. And I don't know about you, but I'm on board to be devoted to that. You can debate how often you should do it, but man, when, when we are gonna do it, I, I wanna be here. So that's what they did. Oh man, and they were, they were devoted to prayer. Gosh, they were early church. You, you read history, man. You see what they did. There's some manuscripts by a guy named, um, not by a guy, um, ancient like Christian. Um, his name is Justin Martyr. 
um, like 100s-ish era. We have a manuscript of him describing a worship service just, just filled and saturated with prayer. Like, to be honest with you, we would be bored to death because <laughs> we're like, prayer, like, where's the loud music? You know what I mean? But they were just devoted to it. Services filled with prayer. Man, it was, it was good. God was working, all coming upon every soul, wonders and signs being done. Man, it says like another big part of that fellowship, man, is there, people in need, they were just like, hey, like, what do, you, what do I need to sell so you could eat? <laughs> you know what I mean? I thought about this for you guys, like, most of you in college don't have a lot of possessions. <laughs> and so maybe don't go like sell all your stuff because you probably get like 10 bucks out of it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> One of the beautiful thing about the book of Acts is that um, biblical theologians agree with this, the majority of them, that there are, there are writings that are prescriptive as in they are command, hey, this is what it says to do, do this. And then there's books like Acts, which is a narrative, which is descriptive. What we're getting is we're getting a description of what the early church was doing. And so there's some things we can take away, but I would just tell you um, that I'm not gonna preach absolutely, hey, go and sell all that you have. Now, if you wanna go sell your, your Xbox or like an expensive purse that you have or somewhere and go like out to the homeless on the east side of Lubbock and use that to feed them or whatever, I, I say go for it. But the heart of it was is that they weren't walking by someone in need and just like, ah, yeah, but I really want to, to like build up my home gym this month. That like, they can wait till next month. No, like they, they were ready. That's like a conviction for me. I have a home gym. Anyway, so what they were ready to do at any moment, friends, is they were looking at the needs of their brothers and sisters and, and those took priority. Hey, you're hungry, you need to eat. Okay, what do what I need to sell so that you and your family don't starve? They loved each other. They really were so much, so much in, in, in realization of their unity in Christ that when they had people over to the table um, and they sat down, it wasn't like, hey, that's, that's, my, that's my seat or whatever. It was like, no, that, that's our seat. We're family, we're brothers and sisters. Day by day, first, first attending the temple together, breaking bread and in their homes and so like, trying to up the bar here, but man, it seemed like probably more than twice a week. I can't, can't get it exactly, but man, it was, it was a big priority for them. I'm saying you have to come to a building every day, but man, they, they prioritized gathering and worshiping and all those things. Again, descriptive, not prescriptive. They received their food with glad and generous hearts. Man, like they were Again, somebody just sold a, sold a donkey so someone could eat. You know what I mean? Like, hey, we're, we're having bread tonight. Thank you, God, for another day where we can eat. Give us to stay our daily bread was, was a real prayer for them. They were generous. Man, they were so generous. Praising, verse 47, praising God. So they valued worship, not just devoting to God's word and being taught, not just fellowship, breaking bread and, and prayers and, and, and sharing one of them, but they, but they worship together. Genuinely from the bottom of their hearts, they yielded to God. Worship. And the Lord added to the number day by day. And I think the overflow of them knowing what it means to follow Jesus and knowing why to follow Jesus and the overflow of their worship is how they were 
adding day by day to that number because what was happening is they couldn't help but let the name of Jesus pour out of their mouths. So what I wanted to do in there is I wanted to read through that again, almost like kind of retelling the story, kind of fleshing this out like, hey, here's what was happening in the early church. And I just wanna, I wanna ask you a question. And I don't mind asking it and just pausing for a second. When you read, friends, when we read what the Bible calls, not us, but what the Bible says devoted looks like, Do our lives look anything like that? What I'm asking you is when you read, reread the pages and, and we are seeing people who are sold out for the name of Jesus and they love him with all their heart, mind, and soul and they're doing things in the result of that. Do you read that and think, that's me? Or do you read that and think, this is totally foreign to me. I have never experienced anything like this. And I'm not gonna ask for a raise of hand, but here's a little insight I would love to share with you if I have your permission. <laughs> Been in, in ministry um, in some form or the other about 10 years. And what's hard about the reality of church and ministry is you read books by like, like you guys read like Francis Chan, you know what I'm talking about? Francis Chan, David, David Platt, um, there's several other guys and Tim Keller's one that man talks about the church and, and what happens is that they read and they write, sorry, they write really challenging things for the church. They call us higher. There's huge high standards and they're, they're right. They're spot on. Like y'all know this, like y'all, y'all know this, you know that, like I know this, I could be living more devoted, right? Are we all on that same page? Like, is anyone arguing that? Like <laughs> we know that we should be more devoted, but we read these books and we read these influences and, and then it's like, but how do you actually do that in real life, <laughs> right? Like what does that look like when um, I'm having to take three different pills every single day just to keep my anxiety to a level that I can like survive? Like what does that look like? What does that look like when I've had multiple relatives and friends die from COVID in just the past couple of months? Like how am I supposed to be devoted right then and there? What does that look like in this broken relationship I have with my parents? What does this look like while my parents are going through divorce? What does this look like for people that barely even know and, and haven't ever been taught what it means to follow Jesus? Like those are questions that I think about. And so I lay before you a very high standard, but I don't want you to think as we're going through this, as, we go in, as we're going through this Follow Me series that I expect all of you to immediately be like, yep, I'm ready to storm the gates of hell for Jesus because I know some of you, you're in a place where like, dang, like you're just trying to figure out what it means to be a Christian. You're trying to fight the temptation not to get trashed on the weekend anymore. Even though you know it's bad, you just seem to get pulled to it every week. And I, and I feel that for you. You're just trying to figure out why do you keep getting in destructive relationships even though you know that you shouldn't be. And I'm sitting there talking about following Jesus and you're, you're like, dang, I'm just, I'm just trying to like do something right. I feel you there if that's you. I get you. And all those struggles, I, I didn't even hit everything. I'm not even close. 
all those things that I'm talking about that we all deal with that hinder us from the total devotion to Jesus, can I tell you something? That's just pleading the case that it's all so more dire that you are devoted to the Lord and his people, his church, that, that you would put at the highest priority God and the people that he's called to himself that are called your brothers and sisters, the people in this room. We're not made and built to do this rogue Christianity thing. You can't be, for the longevity, the long haul, you can't be a podcast Christian. You're not going to make it. And so I just want to share with the bottom of my heart, I know, guys, I know, I meet with you, I counsel with you, I hear stories, I hear things that I wish I would hear firsthand, but hear it secondhand and thirdhand. Like, I know when I'm up here talking about following Jesus, a lot of you are just like, dude, I, I'm, just, I'm just trying to survive, man. That's why I'm pleading with you. The place where you learn to do that, the place where you grow, is not isolating yourself from maybe some of the others in the room. You feel like, man, they're really nailing it. They really know it. No, rub shoulders with them. Friends, draw, get, get in. Jump in. We've got some exciting things coming up for us. I'm not trying to press on the gas too hard right now because I know we're trying to survive this semester. But like, come fall, man, tell you some exciting things. And like, I want you in wherever you are, baby Christians, mature Christians, everything in between, wherever you are, you're going through something, going through nothing and just totally unhindered right now, whatever, I want you in because we're fam. You know what I'm saying? We're fam. And so stop pretending like whatever you're going through or your struggles that you're ashamed of are keeping you from, from being in this. I, I, I want you in. That wasn't in my notes, but I'd share that with you. So, this question. We're looking at the church. We're, we're asking ourselves, what does, devoted, uh, sorry, what does a Jesus-following church look like? We see that it's devoted. I have a, a wild illustration for you. I want you to just chew on it and think about it. So let's pretend this is not true, <laughs> but there is an alien from another world. Don't think green with the whatever, you know, like just kind of looks like us. Don't think weird or whatever. Um, you can call it an alternate universe, whatever you need to do, all right, to just, just be okay, all right, to stay in your seat. <laughs> but there's an alien, we're say, and God drops down a Bible. It's not sacrilegious to drop a Bible, but just like that, okay, just bam. That did kind of feel bad. I like that Bible. I'm gonna pick it back up, all right? And so God drops a Bible. Um, it's like, this is my Bible, man. I like this thing. Um, <laughs> you can't have it. I'm not sharing my possessions with you. Um, anyway, <laughs> also not in the notes. But there's an alien, right? God drops the Bible down. And this is such a weird illustration. Speaks to him. We're going to say him, okay? If that's okay with you ladies. Um, <laughs> speaks to him, says, hey, read this thing. Um, I'm going to come back, you know, a little bit, whatever. So this alien takes it, reads the Bible cover to cover, because it's like, this is pretty fascinating. Never had any exposure to Christianity whatsoever. Has no idea like this, like it's no idea what, who, who like Jesus is before. Um, that kind of like comes down like, hey, like what, what was this about? And it kind of gives like, man, I've read this through over and over. It seems about like 
you're God, you have this plan to save your people. We keep screwing it up. And so you sent Jesus to die for our, our sins and raised from the dead. It's pretty cool. Like even in my alien world, we can't do that. Okay, just go with the story, all right? Um, and, and it's like, man, that's awesome. I think like the, the big theme, if I could take away, is to, 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 to believe in, in Jesus. And um, I think it's somewhere in Acts it says that they eventually are, should be called Christians maybe. Um, and God's like, yeah, that's right. That, that happened in Acts. And, and then it's supposed to follow Jesus and, you know, be a part of a church and share what, what's called the gospel. Again, just reading it for the first time, right? And, uh, and then what's really cool when that revelation thing, like the aliens, like this is stranger stuff than I've seen on my planet. This is weird. Like we don't even have multiple heads. Like that's weird, you know, but I think I get it. Like God's Jesus is coming back and um, man, it's, it's gonna be good. Like he's gonna um, bring judgment, those who followed him and between those who didn't. And, and I'm, I'm ready. I, and the alien just said in theory, he's like, man, like I, I don't know how this works, God, but I, like this Jesus, yeah, your plan, everything, I, I, I want in on that. I, I want to believe in that. He's like, there's this verse called John three sixteen. whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He's like, man, I, I want me some of that. That's good. I've, I keep reading that. I've memorized that actually. Got tracking. <laughs> and God's like, cool, you know, and that, that happens, right? Okay, it's like <laughs> this fake story, fake aliens, like saved, all right? Then, then he's like, hey, I, I really, I'm kind of isolated over here. I don't even know where you have me, God, but I, I love to, I love to go like worship with other Christians. All right, that's good. And so just for the sake of the story, alien has only read scripture. It's always had, totally isolated, knows nothing else. Says and wants to come worship. And God's like, hey, there's this, there's this college ministry in Lubbock, Texas, it's called The Journey. They're actually, they're meeting tonight. You, you can come in. Um, why, why, don't you, why don't you go there? Um, so he does, and, and God explains like, um, yeah, they're like really cool people. The guy who's gonna be preaching, he's pretty weird, um, but I, I'm working on him over time, you know, just slowly one degree to another, forming like Christ. He's, he's really prideful. He's working on it though. He's, he's a good guy though. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, so um, I just want to ask you something. That this happens. Yeah, he's actually back there. Y'all see him? He's standing back there. None of y'all fell for it. Okay, a few of you did. Um, he comes in. He sits down. You know what I'm wondering? As he as he looks at us, he's here. His worship. Maddox and the team killed it. Um, me, yeah, okay, you know, and then go to connect groups, sees all of it, and I wonder, like, he leaves, he goes home, and he's like, it's going back to Acts. Hey, God, did I go to a church? Where did you take me? Man, I, I just saw people that were talking about Jesus. Man, I wouldn't call them devoted, though. Man, I don't think there was awe and wonder. Like, they were seeing Jesus, but like, man, a lot of them were, like, hands in their pockets weren't really Again, that's the alien, not me. He's, he's saying this, all right? Don't get offended. 
man, it kind of seemed like, I don't know, God, I just didn't see that devotion. Let me ask you that. Is that, is that what he would say? Or would he say, would he open it <laughs> and say, yeah, yeah, I, I did see that. Man, they, they did, like they were, they did they had a time of worship, they were devoted to that. They had a time where they, they opened your Bible and actually read it as if it meant something. It wasn't just you know, paper, but the, 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 the pastor guy dropped it. That was kind of rude. But like, besides that, like, man, this was, this was good. I see some of these things. And they, they went to connect groups and they, they, they had fellowship. Like they cared about each other. It wasn't just questions they were talking about. Like they cared about each other. Y- y'all tracking with me? I think you have to decide the answer to that. I'm not gonna answer it for you because I can't look into your hearts. By the way, just because you have your hands in your pockets doesn't mean you're not worshiping. But in that scenario, I want you to chew on that. I want you to ask yourself, if, you, if, if someone was to walk in that never had any exposure to Christianity, would they see what they're supposed to see? That's the question I'm banking on tonight, this evening. I'm gonna ask the band to go ahead and come up as we close. Um, if y'all could, I want you to jump over to Ephesians chapter two. Sorry, Ephesians chapter four. Ephesians chapter four. I love this verse. Sorry, Ephesians chapter four, verse 11 and 12. I love this verse because it's just very explicitly, it tells you why there are pastors, why there are church leaders. Ephesians chapter four, verse 11. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers. My role, 2021, I fall on that line, shepherd and teacher, okay? Just, that's where I'm at. He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers. This is crazy, y'all lean in. To equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about every wind of doctrine by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, that's every single one of you, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Last part, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. And so we know, guys, a real church, real Jesus followers, they're devoted to the stuff we're talking about. And you know what? Real pastors, good pastors, don't stand up on the stage every single week and just be like, hey, look at me, I can, I can preach. You don't get to do any ministry at all. You know what it actually says? It says he gave pastors like me not to get to do all the fun ministry, but look at this, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, to equip you. Have you ever read that verse before? That's crazy. God not only wants you 
come in here and be devoted to each other. Like, he wants you to join in and actually do ministry. And my job is to equip you to do that. The journey team's job is to equip every single one of you to do that. So where we're a church where literally everyone is off the sidelines and in the game. And you see that that's the type of church that says when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. You want a healthy ministry? You want a healthy church? Guys, we gotta jump on board with this type of stuff. So what that means is at the end of the day, if I'm doing my job right, this isn't gonna happen, don't worry. If me and every pastor, every journey staff person, the whole worship team, for some reason disappears, they're all gone, and God shows up and says to all of you that aren't a staff member, whatever, a pastor, and says, they're gone, let's meet in the venue at five to discuss what we're gonna do. That means if we've done our job right, you know what you're gonna do? Hopefully you're a little sad. Hopefully you're not like, yeah, I'm so glad Cole's gone. Awesome, you know. You're gonna remember Ephesians 4 and say, you know what, like, I remember one time he said that if he's doing his job right, he's equipped us for ministry. And I remember that one sermon, you're gonna turn back together at Acts 2, this is my hope, and you'd say, hey, we need to flesh some things out here. We can't, we need pastors, leaders again eventually. But if we were to worship to just be a fundamental church, like the core essentials. And I hope that what you do is you open your Bibles and you'd say, you know what we're gonna do? We don't gotta, we gotta train preacher, but we got someone who can read Romans five or something and give a devo on it. We're gonna break up, we're gonna talk about it. We got someone who can kind of organize a fellowship. Hey, everybody throw in two bucks. Let's have some tacos after we meet tonight. I hope that you'd say, hey, we're gonna gather together. We're gonna pray for each other. We're gonna pray for the needs that we have. And I just, I'd love to just sit back and watch at the simplicity of what you're doing, but that's what the early church did and watch God work through you. That's what I hope you do. That's what I'm, I'm drawing you guys into, guys. It's ministry and, and this life and being devoted to the church is not just for paid pastors. Shame on me if I ever build that type of culture. It's for you to jump in. Man, I would love to see that. So in true Acts 2 fashion, we're, we've, we've devoted some time beforehand to praising God, we've devoted some time to his word. We're gonna praise him again and respond. We're gonna declare the song singing in the victory. We're gonna go and we're gonna have fellowship with one another. Yes, it's not in the home, I know that, but that's the purpose of it. You're gonna pray for one another. You're gonna talk about what God's working in your heart in true Acts 2 fashion. And, and I hope, because that's exactly what we're supposed to, devoted to, supposed to be devoted to, I hope that's enough for you because God says this is what the church is. This is what we're about. Amen? Amen. Love you, brothers and sisters in Christ. Let, let me pray for us. God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for its clarity and its power. Oh God, as, as the body, man, we're gonna, I, I just wonder if saints of, of old are 
from Hebrews 12 are, are, are kind of rejoicing even in what we're, we're doing this moment. And, and we're living out Acts 2. We're gonna worship you and praise you. And I pray that in this the simplicity of meeting together and worshiping and praying and fellowshipping, that you, just like an Acts 2 would do, mighty works and wonders in our hearts. And, and when we trust you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you are encouraged by today's podcast. If you'd like to learn more about The Journey, check us out on Instagram or Facebook at The Journey LBK. Thanks for listening.